Hi friends, my name is Kelly Rowland and this is my podcast, Brazen and Brave. So since I was a teenager, I have prayed to God that I would live a life that isn't limited by my own beliefs and that I would really go after and be brave and live the life that God has called me to live. And that's really what this podcast is about. In every single episode, we are going to dig into the word. We're going to have real conversations and be honest, real humans to talk about how can we live a life that is brave? How can we live a life that is bold and courageous? And how can we take steps and take action and be unafraid about what the world has to say about it? Friends, I hope you're excited as I am. So let's dig into this episode of Brazen and Brave. or the week before's episode about what Jesus teaches us in the Garden of Gethsemane when it comes to friendship. Because like I said, when I was reading Matthew and I read this passage, that's the thing that really jumped out on the page to me. And that, that is what I really saw and heard and what was speaking to me through the scripture. However, and this is what happens, you know, sometimes when we read the Bible or maybe we listen to a sermon is that Days or even weeks later, something new and fresh happens in our mind. And what happened is that I was actually, I'm working on round two of edits for the book. And I read this, I, read, I was reading my own book and it was the part where we had only been in the NICU for a couple of days. And I really, I don't know like what I was thinking, but it was a really hard time. I wasn't sure how to process it. And I believe that by not talking about it and like not even needing to lean on anyone that I was being tough. I'm being strong, right? If I'm not really having to talk about it, I'm just positive. And it was even with Skylar, like there was just so many people, so many things going on that we really didn't get to connect with each other about what was happening. And I really just thought back to that time and place and where I was mentally. And back then I really thought like, especially early on NICU days that Truly, like, I was just being tough by not showing my emotions, needing to talk to people. I really didn't know what to say to people and so on and so forth. And I thought about the Garden of Gethsemane because, especially in light of recent events, um, you know, with people taking their own life, which is incredibly devastating, mental health is such a real issue that so many people face. And like, I thought of that when I was reading the book and I thought about like all the people that go through really hard times and don't talk to anybody and don't know how to deal with the stress and the emotion. And again, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm thinking of the garden in Gethsemane and it's completely different context than how we can be good friends. And what I thought about is that Jesus teaches us how to handle really difficult situations in, in the Bible and in this story. And it's the same scripture that I referenced a couple weeks ago. And I'm going to say it one more time. So I'm in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, 
sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. So last week, if you listened, I really talked about how Jesus, who, how, what kind of friends Jesus needed in this moment of his sorrow. And I really focused on the friendship part and what kind of friends we can be and what kind of friends Jesus needed and the fact that we need connection. And what I really didn't focus on and hone in on is that Jesus, I did a little bit, but not in detail. Jesus says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. What is he so sad? He feels like he could die. It could overwhelm him to the point of death. That is a very strong emotion. That is a very strong choice of words. I mean, I, I really like, I'm overwhelmed reading that scripture. Like Jesus, the son of God said, I'm overwhelmed to the point of death. And so I can't help think about all the people when I was going through the NICU, maybe you're struggling with mental health, like maybe you've even contemplated suicide or you're just super, super sad and you're overwhelmed and you're depressed. Like I would say like Jesus knows how you feel. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard that before, but it says that Jesus experienced every human emotion that we could ever experience. And I guess I never thought about, well, he wants to die. He's so consumed with sorrow about what's about to happen. It says to the point of death. And that's, in, that's intense. That's intense. And it's intense for me to even say. And a lot of it has to do with, like I said, like I thought that being tough meant that I was doing the right thing because I thought that showing weak, showing emotion, saying I'm sad is a sign of weakness. And Jesus tells us right here, somewhere, if you believe that, like I did, we got it messed up along the way. Society's got it messed up along the way. We're doing a lot of work to fix it, but there is nothing wrong with being sad. There is nothing wrong with being broken, even to the point where you're so consumed by it that you feel like you could die or that you want to die. Jesus experienced that. He said it out loud. And so that is the focal point of what I really want to hone in on here. And what I want to talk about is three, th well, really four things, the fourth being the most important that Jesus did in this situation. And it's something that we can take with us and help us when we are in those times of sorrow and when we are in those times of need. So the first thing Jesus does as he's preparing to go to the garden is that he says, he took his disciples with him. So he picks three people to take with him. So the first thing that teaches us is that even before something sad happens, really, definitely, like if you're going through the moment, like pick your people, grab someone and hold on to them and say, I'm going to need you. I need you now. I need a friend. I need a listening ear. I need a shoulder to cry on. I need someone that can just pray for me like Whatever the case may be, and we'll get to that in a moment, pick your people. He was very prescriptive about who he needed to go with him and who he wanted to go with him during this time. 
And as a personal example, when we were in the NICU, like I had a lot of people around me, thank goodness, because I wasn't going around looking for anybody. I wasn't looking for a shoulder to cry on. Eventually, you know, like I said, me and my husband was like, oh yeah, we're going to need each other to get through this. And I had my family and I had friends that reached out to me, but quite frankly, almost all of them, I, I just couldn't respond. I didn't know what to say. I was completely overwhelmed and I completely shut down from that perspective. I did get close to some of the nurses and some of the doctors because they were just there with us. But I got to say, if those people weren't coming to me, I would have been completely shut down. And so my lesson in that moment and what Jesus is telling us is that pick your people, grab your people, tell people that you need them. That is not weakness, especially if you're prone to someone who is really emotional or maybe unstable mentally, like don't be alone in that. Don't suffer alone in that. Jesus didn't suffer alone in that. Jesus, of all people, he said it's not weak to ask for help. So if you need to ask for help, and I would venture to say, I said it in the other episode, we all need connection, right? That was a lesson that we all need connection and in your time of need. So pick your people, take people with you. Prepare them. Prepare for that time when you're going to need them. So that's the first thing Jesus does. The second thing he does, and he does it a couple different ways, a couple different times in the scripture I read and the ones to follow. He says to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And then he says, stay here and keep watch with me. So not only do you want to pick people to take with you and have people to support you, but be prescriptive in what you need from them. I say this in the book. Tell people exactly how you need them to pray for you. Tell people how you feel exactly and what you need from a support perspective. Do you need them to come over for a couple hours to let you get out of the house because your kids are driving you back crazy? Do you need someone just to like stay on the phone with you to let you calm down because you're having a panic attack? Be prescriptive. When your husband asks you, what can I do to take off your plate? Please do not say nothing. I'm talking to myself here. But it's important to be prescriptive in what we need because a lot of the times people don't know. They don't know what to do, especially if it's a really hard, difficult situation. Some people have the gifts and they know what to do at all times and praise the Lord for those people, but most people do not. And so it's okay. And a lot of this episode is about normalizing things. We have to continue to normalize that it's okay to be sorrowful and to be hurt and to be sad to the point of death. Jesus, Jesus was. Let's normalize picking people, handpicking people and say, I need you to be in my support circle. And then once you handpick them, let's normalize telling them exactly what you need. I have friends, if I said, I need you to come over to my house right now because I am sad, I am broken, I just need someone to talk to, someone to sit with me, like I have those people and I thank God for those people. I want you to find those people and it's a practice to normalize telling people what you need. But Jesus was very clear on what he needed and I kind of, on the last one, I went on to say they weren't doing what he needed and he continued to tell them, can't you just do this for me? Can't you just stay alert for me? He needed them and he continued to tell them. Even when they weren't doing it, he continued to tell them what he needed. 
So if Jesus set the standard, I said this last week, he set the standard. He's also setting the standard on normalizing asking for help in a very specific way. So that's the second thing he does. Number three, he is honest, point blank, does not sugarcoat how he feels. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That is as point blank as you could ever get. I think the rawness here from Jesus is unbelievable. It's, I was talking to a family member about this and someone that grew up in church and they could not believe this. This was in the Bible because it's so, it's a bit radical because again, I feel like at least where I grew up, you know, like in the South, like therapy was taboo. Telling people like how you felt was taboo. It was very like macho to just like hold it all in and don't let it out. Don't let any, don't let any of it out. It's better off to keep it bottled up and bottled up inside. Jesus didn't do that. I really don't know where we learned this along the way, but we got it wrong. If Jesus can be this raw, this authentic, this transparent, it challenges me to say I can do better, especially with people who love me. Those in my closest circle, I need to normalize being comfortable enough to tell them how I feel. I did this today with a friend. It's Christmas break. My kids are already driving me crazy. I'm sure I'm not alone. And I was like, I told my friend, I'm like, I'm just having a bad day. I'm just having a bad day. It's not shameful to say that. It's not shameful to be honest and admit, like, I'm going through a rough patch here. And I just need someone to tell. I just need to, like, let some of this out. Jesus did it. And we should, too. I just wonder if more of us said how we felt and we were more strong in what saying how we felt, the better help we can get. If you go to the doctor and you're really not prescriptive in how you're feeling and the symptoms you're having, you can't get prescribed the right medicine. They're going to misdiagnose you. It's the same thing here. If we're not telling people how we feel, if we're not telling people what we need, how are they able to give us the support that's going to get us through, through that difficult situation? We're not. So important to be honest with how we feel. Don't just say you're fine. Just don't say, sure, it's good, I'm all good. Let's start normalizing being honest with how we feel. And so the last, the last thing Jesus does here, in his sorrowful time of need, he goes beyond human help. And this is the verses later. It, it's, it's a repetitive kind of cycle that he does here. But it says in verse 39, going a little farther. So he's, he's kind of going away from his disciples. He's saying, hey, stay here. Please keep watch with me. He, he gets to where he has some privacy. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father. If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he repeats this several more times. So after he appoints someone to be there to support him, after he tells them what kind of support he needs, and after he tells them how he's feeling so that they can understand the gravity of the situation, he retreats in private and he prays to his father with his face to his ground and he's like hey if it's possible take this cup from me 
But you know what? It's going to be your will. I want your will to be done. But he's taking his pain. He's taking his sorrow to his father. And we can learn so much from this. I want us to do all the three things that I talked about. But after that, or before that, during that, at all times, it's so important to take our cup, our sorrow, our pain to our Father in prayer and ask Him to take it from us. And you know what? You know why Jesus was so sorrowful in this moment? He knew what was about to happen, and He was sad. He was human. <laughs> He's the Son of God, but He was human. And He, he died the most horrible death and sacrificed his life so that we are able, so that we are able to take our sorrow to our father in the same way that he did. He died on the cross so that we can have the Holy Spirit within us at all times, at all times. Before we get to heaven here on earth, we are able to experience that. He literally, it's so powerful to me to know that Jesus was terrified to the point of death because of what he was about to do for you and me. He teaches us some very practical lessons here. I'm not going to repeat them, but then he goes to his father in prayer. Don't let that, like the gravity of this entire passage, like don't let it like pass you by without thinking about it, about how sad and how sorrowful Jesus was, but he did it anyway. He did it anyway. He went to his father and he said, hey, help me through this really horrible time because I want your will to be done. And his will was done. And now, and now in our time of sorrow, let's not let the greatest gift ever given to us by Jesus dying on the cross. Let's not let that gift go unopened, unnoticed. The gift is, it's a lot of things, right? It's a lot. I'm not going to go through all of them. It, <laughs> but one of those things is to be able to experience having the Father with us at all times, having this Holy Spirit with us at all times. And I just want us to practice, like, in our times of suffering, let's not go away from the Father. Let's, like, go to Him even more, even more, because that that's the gift, and that's what He wants us to do. So, again, I really just wanted to bring this double episode to you about the Garden in Gethsemane, because when I was doing those edits, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I see this passage so differently in in another way which is so beautiful that's the beautiful thing about scripture so again Jesus taught us that when we're in times of need when we're going through hard times appoint people to be there with you tell them what you need tell people how you feel in full so people know how they can support you and go to God in prayer and ask them to help you in any way that he can I really hope that you've enjoyed this I I encourage you to dig into the scripture for yourself. Read it a couple times. And if you see something differently or you see something new in addition to what we've talked about, like please share it with me because I would love to hear it. And I hope you have an incredible Christmas, an amazing holiday, a fabulous new year. And I will talk to you all soon. Bye. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Brazen and Brave. If you feel encouraged, if you feel a little bit more bold than when we started today, then I am so excited for you. I want to encourage you to go out 
take action and to go after your goals. And if you feel empowered, give someone some of your light, share that love, share that encouragement, and I hope you have an amazing day. And I will see you next time.